Before we get into today's episode of One Shining Podcast, want to shout out our producer, Kyle, who is going to be live at the Ryan Rossillo pod with Van Lathan Friday, September 29th at 2 p.m. at the Lyric in Oxford, Mississippi. Is that correct, Kyle? Oh, my God. In Oxford, Mississippi. That is awesome. He is going to be deep in the South with Ryan Rossillo, with Van Lathan, and they're going to be there for the Old Miss LSU football game. It's going to be a lot of fun. You can get your tickets at thelyricoxford.com. Again, it is Friday, September 29th at 2 p.m. You can go see our guy Kyle do life advice live with Ryan Rosillo and also Van Lathan is the best. So go check that out. Go do that right now. Go get your tickets and go see Kyle and uh, give him a free beer in Oxford, Mississippi. It's One Shining Podcast presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gambling. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 or older and president select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite because I walk around LA every day. I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. On today's episode of One Shining Podcast, we have our guy Joe Tipton, a.k.a. Tipton Edits, back on the show. And he is going to help me break down the top recruiters in college basketball right now. There is a whole lot of hoopla about where Cooper Flag will go, where the Boozer trends will go. We talked about this a little bit with Kyle Mann, but I decided to bring in the expert who has, you know, boots on the ground, um, his hands, you know, in, in all these different pools and understanding what's happening in the uh, the recruiting world at large. So Joe Tipton's going to come on. On. We're going to rank our top five guys. We might even talk about Kenny Payne and what's happening at Louisville right now. I feel like that's a little bit of a, an underbelly conversation. It's not the best conversation, but we'll figure it out. Um, it's going to be fun. Joe Tipton's back second time on the show. Kyle, anything else before we get into today's episode? Just compare Marlboro prices between Tennessee and Mississippi. But first, Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Welcome back to One Shining Podcast. I'm your host, Tate Frazier, and today it is his second time on the podcast. Got a lot of good reviews on his first time around. We got his story. We got his background. You know him as Tipton Edits. I know him as Joe Tipton. What is going on, man? Great to see you. Tate, great to see you as well. Happy to be back. Um, got a new mic, so hopefully the listeners like this new, uh, new audio uh, quality. So I'm excited to dive in. You're locked in and uh, you got the on three hat on. So, I mean, you're, you're doing the branding stuff. We know that this is a brand game, right? We're going to talk about recruiting today, which is all about selling the brand, 
uh, helping players create their brand, uh, and then just talking about what brands want to help market through them with their shoes, right? That is the the three-pronged brand structure we have in recruiting. So we're going to talk about the top recruiters in the game right now. But before we do that, I just want to talk about this period of time. Is this the slowest period of time for you when it comes to edits and all this sort of stuff? Yeah. So right before we went live, I was telling you it was kind of slow. But now that I think about it, it has picked back up uh, this month just <laughs> with the high school front. Um, right. Just because a lot of these guys make a decision before the early signing period in November. So you'll see a lot of these guys start taking visits, especially when football season starts. They'll be on campus over the weekend. And then a lot of mm. them, like I said, try to make that decision. But Portal's obviously over. That was really fun for what I do. Uh, probably a headache for a lot of fans. But Really great for my business. So yeah, this uh, up until November, it'll probably pick back up a little bit. Yeah. What was your favorite edit in the portal? Like who was your favorite player that you had to work with? Uh, and, you know, we, we can go through a lot of guys because you've done a lot of guys, but which one do you think you had the best experience with? I'm trying to think. Uh, I don't know about the best experience. Probably the <laughs> one that I was maybe the most excited about was Hunter Dickinson. Right. Um, right. When he committed to Kansas. I don't know if anyone knew exactly mm. where he was going. I think a lot of people anticipated that he would end up playing for Bill Self just because it seemed like the no-brainer option. But he was hesitant to tell me. He was like, Joe, I'll tell you three schools. And I was like, can you just tell me one? <laughs> and he was like, fine, you know, I'm going to, going to Kansas. So that one was fun because uh, I was hoping that one would stay quiet and it did, um, which is great. And it was huge news. Yeah, uh, that was the video that we all remember watching Hunter Dickinson, Bill Self. Um, you know, we obviously every anytime that we get any Bill Self recruiting news, everyone points out that he is, in fact, an effing gangster. Um, and this is what he does. He he is uh, the mafioso. He's the head honcho. He's all the uh, all the adjectives you can think of. But uh, that was a great moment in time, uh, you know, during the transfer portal. He was the number one guy in the transfer portal. We'll talk a lot about Hunter Dickinson as we move on. I want to talk about one more big before we, you know, start rating and ranking our top recruiters in the game. Let's talk about this kid that Alabama just got, which is the highest rated big they've ever brought to the program. Nate Oates making things happen. A lot of Alabama fans, as the football team has squandered a little bit, they're saying, hey, we're okay to talk about basketball. Can you just talk about, what's his name, Aiden Shirell? Is that correct? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Aiden Shirell, originally from Detroit, playing at um, Prolific Prep now in Napa, California. That's um, a good place to play, from what I yeah. gather. I mean, a lot of guys, yeah. Yeah, Jaylen 100%. They've had Jalen Green, several other guys, and Amari Burnett, former um, Alabama player as well. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, Aiden, one of the top centers in the class, I think on three ranks in uh, 14th nationally. Um, so he picked the tide over, let's see, Michigan State, Texas, Ohio State. So huge pickup for uh, Nate Oates, and he was their first commitment of this 2024 class. Yeah, so look, can we talk about the 2024 class quickly as well? Sure. I mean, there's a lot of shuffling parts, right? Um, you know, there was a lot of, there was a moment in time I was very excited about where North Carolina had the number one class in 2024. Duke had just gotten the the commitment from Knipple. And, uh, you know, now they were number two. So you got Carolina one, Duke two. As much as we're talking about the changing of the guard and the new bloods, you still got those two right there, one and two. And here comes Dennis Gates. Here comes the Mizzou train. And obviously, Mizzou fans are probably some of the craziest fans I've ever dealt with. Uh, we got Jim Laranega getting big-time recruits. I mean, this class is kind of chaos. Ed Cooley at Georgetown. What What is kind of the pulse of the 2024 high school class right now? What is the conversation? Is it about Dennis Gates and Mizzou kind of making that splash? Yeah, they've been the topic of conversation uh, for the past couple of weeks now, landing uh, most recently Honor Boateng. 
Um, the number 17 overall recruit for on three is a little bit lower on other sites, but he's their fourth highest ranked recruit um, in the history of the program. And he picked Mizzou over the hometown Arkansas Razorbacks. So Eric Musselman's hard to beat. So that was a big one. They also got a kid, Marcus Allen, another four-star guy. He's originally from Miami, picked Mizzou over the Hurricanes, you just mentioned. So um, mm-hmm. he's off to a good start. And he's also on the board for another uh, player who's set to commit on Friday, a four-star, seven-foot-two stretch five, Trent Burns. So um, exciting mm-hmm. times in Como. Yeah, so what what is Dennis Gates selling out there? I mean, I, we always like to talk about good guys and bad guys on the show. The bag has changed. Obviously, it is more forward-facing. We know about NIL deals that are happening. But what is the sell for Mizzou? I mean, obviously, Kobe Brown, right? A guy that developed there, gets to the NBA first-round pick. Is that kind of those type of stories? Demoy Hodge is another guy. So is that what they're selling right now? Yeah, part of it's Kobe Brown, Demoy Hodge, um, who's also a longtime assistant at Florida State, developed guys like Scotty Barnes. So he's had success winning uh, winning history as well, and that's obviously big. Um, and then also got to keep in mind just, you know, kind of his re- relatability to the players. You know, young guy, I, you know, I've had the opportunity to speak to Coach Gates. He's very relatable, um, gets along well with young people, and he's kind of a modern era um, head coach. He's not, you know, stuck in his ways. He's willing to adapt to the way college basketball is now, and that's helped him. Um, you know, construct this number one ranked recruiting class in 24. Yeah, you talk about the youth of Dennis Gates and how he relates to kids. On the flip side, we have Jim Laranega, who's recruiting better than he ever has. And we also have Leonard Hamilton, right, at Florida State, who's, they're both in their 70s, but they're still relating to the kids. What is what is What are they selling down in Florida to get those guys to come and play, especially, you know, recently, a, a good amount of five stars going to Florida State and Miami? Yeah, I guess specifically with Miami, just their run, you know, to the Final Four, Elite Eight, past couple seasons. Glad the formula still works. You know what I mean? As much as things change, it's still the same. And of course, a lot of people have things to say about NIL and how much of a role that plays in people's decisions. Obviously, the very, very public NIL deal of Nigel Pack. Um, So that's always very encouraging players, uh, especially in today's age when when you start talking money. Um, And then even Florida State, they're in the mix for a couple... Um, really, really talented guys. Two top 25 players in 2024, Darion Reed and Kanai Ruths. Obviously, mm. they had a little bit of a drop-off last year. Didn't win in as many games as they hoped. Struggled through some injuries. But hopefully, they bounce back and you know are able to kind of continue what they've done in the past, what they call the new blood, and you know, bring in more top prospects. Yeah, the new bloods. They are the one. They are the topic of conversation right now. The new bloods are hot. Uh, they're hotter than ever, and they love to uh, make sure that they get the headlines going their way. We know how that goes. One last recruiting thing: uh, the Boozer twins. They go to Kentucky. I see Cameron Boozer liking all Calipari's tweets and Instagram posts now. A lot of people have tried to figure out: will they just follow their father's footsteps and go to Duke? Where do the Boozer twins sit right now? And obviously, they're not twenty twenty four; they're twenty twenty five. And is is it possible for them to be twenty twenty four? I'm pitching it, but it's probably not possible. So I think with their age, so like with Cooper Flag, everybody knows Cooper Flag. He's he's kind of the talk of the town as well. Yeah. He was originally in 2025, but age-wise, he can still he reclassified to 2024 and is still eligible for the for following the NBA draft. So right. age-wise, it, it worked out for Flag. The Boozer twins, I think they're too young. They would have to do two years in college or two years with the G League at night or something similar. So I think the plan is, in the most logical sense to me, would just be to remain in 2025. But yeah, they visited Kentucky over the weekend. And talking to both of those guys this summer, 
you know, people always ask, you know, like, hey, are you just going to go to Duke? And if whether it's true or not, they're not going to tell you. You're like, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going <laughs> yeah, to Durham. Right. You know, they're not going to tell you that, especially, you know, a guy like me, if I'm, you know, writing articles about that and putting them on record. Um, but from talking to people around them, it's interesting because they seem open. You know, it doesn't seem like they're locks to go to Duke. Obviously, they grew up in Miami. We just talked about Larinaga's recent success, you know, on the court and on the recruiting trail. So that one can keep things interesting. And of course, you can never count out John Calipari. Yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, Coach Cal is the one that is lurking. And it looked like they had a lot of fun on their trip. That was their first official visit. Um, and then Cooper Flagg had his first official visit as well. There was a picture of Donovan Klingen, Cooper Flagg. They're wearing their mom's main jerseys. I mean, I know I, I talked about in the last show that like the you know proverbial conversation around Cooper Flag is that Duke is inevitable um, and that UConn is happy to be in the top three. But it looked like a great visit. Um, and then I saw me at a lightsaber with Dan Hurley and it happened to be a red lightsaber. I don't know if that means UConn is embracing the fact that they're the Sith. I don't know what's going on there. But what, what did you hear? What was the rumblings and the rumors coming out of Cooper Flag's first visit? Yeah, it sounded like he enjoyed it. Uh, you know, a school he looked a like he bit. enjoyed it. Yeah, it looked like he enjoyed it. I even noticed Coach Hurley had a uh, husky, you know, you know, diamond chain on, just kind of feeding into, <laughs> right. uh, I guess, what the kids like. I say that, I guess I'm in a lot of ways a kid as I get older and right. look back, I'm like, oh, gosh. But anyway, that's besides <laughs> it the happens. point. Uh, it seemed like he really enjoyed it. Like I said, it's a school that's close to home. His, his, brother, his twin brother, Ace Flag, went on the visit with him as well. He has remained in 2025 for now. Not sure if the Huskies have offered him a scholarship or not, but that could be kind of a pivotal piece in his recruitment. If they, uh, you know, well, I guess not. I take that back because since Flag is it, Cooper is in 2024, he's expected to be one and done. But that was a, kind of the talk when they were both in the same class. Would they go to school together as brothers? Um, but yeah, he's got Cooper's got visits scheduled to Kansas and Duke, um, and those are the kind of the only other two suitors. As, as far as we know, before he makes a decision, supposedly sometime before the early signing period in November. Yeah, you mentioned Bill Self. You mentioned Duke. Uh, and Duke is a machine. I, I call them Nike University. They know what they're doing. So they, they got it figured out. So those two guys are always the conversation. Those two teams, when you talk about top recruits, Kentucky is obviously in the mix. And that leads us to our conversation because I was, I was messaging you and I said, I want you to come here with your top five best recruiters in college basketball. And there's a big caveat at the top of this because we know that, you know, there's assistant coaches that do most of the legwork here, right? That That is, you know, that just happens. We all know that Roy Williams recruited Michael Jordan for Dean Smith and Dean Smith gets the credit for recruiting the greatest basketball player ever. That's just how the game goes. So we're going to do strictly head coaches. We'll, you know, probably periodically shout out the assistant coaches that do a great job as well. But I want to start there. There, there is a huge group of coaches that you would consider great recruiters, right? And they have a pedigree. Um, but then there's the reality of who's hot right now, like a Dennis Gates we were just talking about. So we're trying to to blur those two things together as best we can as we talk about the top recruiters. It's all very subjective. But generally speaking, you probably got a pool of 25 coaches right now who could probably be in the mix for the top five. Is that correct, Joe Tipton? Or, or are there even more coaches that would be in that you know consideration that can recruit at that level? You know, it's it was really difficult for me to kind of put together a list. There's obviously the no-brainers, and then there's the guys where, yeah. okay, he's got to be in the top five, and then, you know, there's there also has to be some honorable mentions as well. So it was very difficult for me. Um, I would say I really only considered maybe 10 names mm. um, that would be in that top five group and kind of that three to four spot, or sorry, the, the four 
to five spot on that ranking was more difficult. But the first three, my one through three were kind of no brainers. Yeah, I like that. I uh, I felt like I was just putting a puzzle together here. And I also, you know, I was trying to drop my own bias because there is John Shire, who is a Duke guy. I'm a Carolina guy. Um, you know, I have to I have to be fair with these kind of lists. John Shire, I mean, he just came out the gate recruiting, but also he was an assistant coach. So he was doing most of the legwork before. Also, it's nice when you have Nike and Chicago and everybody in your back pocket. So I, it, it's a good place to be. And that's why recruiting is you know, it, it's a topic of conversation. Also, players like certain coaches and people go certain places because it's close to home. So it's not an exact science. That's what we're trying to say here. But we'll do our best. Um, let's start here. Um, before we get into our top five, my last question to you, Joe Tipton, who is the most disrespected recruiter in college basketball? Someone that doesn't get talked about enough that is a really good recruiter and he consistently pulls in top players. I would say off the top of my head, um, I would probably lean towards um, Dan Hurley just because mm. of, maybe because of player development. They may not be the cream of the crop top 25 players always, but even if you think about a guy like Donovan Klingon, um, you know, who comes in last year to kind of a, you know, not even a five-star kid, you know, four-star, you know, top 60, top 70 player comes in back Sonogo, but has a great freshman year. Now people are saying that he might be a lottery pick after this season. Jordan Hawkins, another prime example, came right. in not on NBA radar and stays in stores for a couple of years. And now is, you know, I think he went in the lottery. So just a guy that, that's kind of overlooked, um, especially in these recruiting ranks. A lot of these guys that go one and done, in and out, you know, they're associated with the program for nine months. You know, Hurley keeps them for a couple of years and develops them. So that's one thing that I kind of respect about him. I love that pick. When I was making my list, uh, you know, I said I had a pool of 25 coaches. I get to, you know, I'm I'm in my 20s now. I'm just I'm just writing da names down, you know, and I'm trying to piece together what what I'm feeling, what I'm feeling, what the vibes are. And uh, Dan Hurley, as I as I put pen to paper, I'm saying to myself, we're not talking enough about the fact that UConn has one of the top NBA prospects coming back. He is a big, um, and in general, they have a great class, right? Castle is going to be a guy we're all talking about this year and probably going to be on draft boards and going to be, you know, a point of conversation. And even Bob Hurley, his brother, I feel like we don't talk about enough as a recruiter. So I, I put both the Hurley brothers down um, in my honorable mention. So that's my first honorable mention right there, the Hurley brothers. They're in the mix. I'll start with my fifth guy, um, and I'll throw it to you, Tipton. I'll see how you feel about this. Number five for me is a guy who I feel like who's been steady under the radar. And when he, when he won his first national championship, he kind of delivered on a promise that he made in the darkest of times with their program and somehow completely flipped it around. And that is Scott Drew at Baylor. I have him at number five. Scott Drew consistently every single year. I look at the, the top 100 recruits and, you know, even in 2024, right, they have a top five player. And as much as we talk about the Blue Bloods and we talk about Calipari, Duke, Kansas, Carolina, whoever it may be, uh, Scott Drew's just right there. And he's always got one guy. He's always got one blue chipper that's in his bag. And uh, for me, he's number five. And he might even be higher on some people's list, but uh, I had to have him in the top five. Uh, how do you feel about him being in my top five? Is that correct, Joe Tipton? Or, or is he someone on the outside looking in? No, I think that would be safe to say. I like that you put him in the top five. I will confess I did not, but with all due respect to Coach Drew, okay. Um, I I only included maybe three honorable mentions, and he didn't even crack that one. But I was oh not looking at. With all due respect to him, he seems like yeah, a great right. dude. I love the culture of Joy slogan at Baylor, but with me, what I looked at was strictly 
um, recruiting success. I didn't even look at on on court success. I didn't look at like his national championship, and I believe it was twenty twenty one. Um, I just looked at kind of the past three years, who got the most McDonald's All-Americans, pros, things of that nature. Um, This is perfect because I strictly went with who can throw the rings on the table and who can sell the dream to their mom. You know what I mean? I was going old school recruiting, just completely just the mythology of the recruiting pitch from said coach. So I like this. You have the you have more of an exact science going on. I have completely an inexact science, and we're going to figure out somewhere in between. So, uh, all right, Scott Drew's not even in your honorable mention. Who do you have at number five, Joe Tipton? Yeah, so like I said, I, my approach was more so most feared coaches. So if you're just an average, let's say, Big 12 school, and these mm. five coaches kind of walk in the gym and sit next to you, and y'all are both targeting the same player, you're a little bit scared sitting in your you're seat. You're like, I'm out. Yeah, we're yeah, out of this. Yeah, 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 exactly. So <laughs> my number five is Nate Oates at Alabama, mm. um, a lot of which is due to how completely he changed the culture of Alabama basketball. I grew up in Alabama. In basketball, Alabama basketball here was basically irrelevant until he came to town. Like, of course, Alabama was always previously known as this, you know, football school, but, you know, that's really no longer the case. Let's see, he took over in 2019, and since he's landed four McDonald's All-Americans, most notably Brandon Miller, of course, and he beat out Kentucky, Kansas, schools like that for him. So he's been able to compete with Blue Bloods, which previously Alabama was not. Even a guy, Tate, that you're familiar with, Jaron Stevenson, Mm. Uh, he's an Alabama freshman. He's from Chapel Hill, born and right. raised. UNC reclassed. Was the, yeah, reclassed to go to Tuscaloosa a year early. Mom played at UNC, uh, won multiple ACC championships. Everybody thought the kid was going to go to UNC. He's literally right there. He's always on campus going for games. And then Alabama just swoops in and grabs him out of nowhere. Um, so a guy like that, being able to recruit uh, against those big-time blue bloods and just kind of the success that they've had, even this, this offseason in the transfer portal, getting two of the top players, Grant Nelson and Aaron Estrada, um, mm. even though the guys that are kind of transferring up, but, you know, had proven success at that mid-major level. Um, and what's crazy to me is that Nate Oates was a high school teacher just over 10 years ago. <laughs> and that, to put yeah, that in insane. perspective. Great story. It, so his last year in 2013 at Romulus High School, that same year, Rick Pitino won a national championship at Louisville. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just... Or so, did he? Or did he? I mean, some people say he didn't win a national championship. <laughs> right. right. We could, we could, we could we, bounce We can say on that. this show that we watched it. I saw it happen. It exists. <laughs> right. It happened. Right, exactly. But so what he's been able to do in just a short amount of time, even as like a head basketball coach, uh, in, you know, in Division One, is remarkable. Yeah, I like that pick. I think Nate Oates is a top five recruiter right now. I agree with that. And I think he is... Uh, He's someone that if you have a five-star kid and, you know, you're trying to figure out where you're going to send them or try to funnel them to, he seems like he's at the top of the board right now. One of the best coaches in the game. And last year, I mean, we all know the the controversy and the storm, PR storm that they were dealing with there. A lot of um, conversations to be had. And NATO wasn't the best at, at all times with that situation, but he was able to survive it. And he, he's on the other side now and he continues to recruit. And Jaron Stevenson was a big pool. Uh, and like you said, a lot of Carolina fans were devastated about that. But that's another conversation for another day. I'll throw number four at you right now. I have, and this is a combo deal because I think he used to be a top 20 recruiter, maybe even top 10, some people would argue, but now he's an assistant coach. Penny Hardaway with with the parentheses and Rick Stansberry uh, together at number four. I think that those two guys 
Um, you know, you talk about the bag. That is a major bag alert to everybody out there. What is going on at Memphis? I don't think anybody is safe. I think Memphis can go after any kid they want and try to come back and pull them their way. And that's what Penny does. And that's what Rick Stansberry uh, has been doing for quite some time before at Western Kentucky. In fact, I had dinner with uh, Rick Stansberry at the Asheville Championship a few years ago. And uh, they had all the coaches around at dinner. So he's with Dave Odom and he's just sharing stories. And some of the stories that this man was telling about, you know, driving, you know, 3 a.m. to some random, you know, city in the middle of, you know, Louisiana to go recruit some. I mean, this guy is a fiend uh, for the recruiting trail. Um, I think Bruce Pearl has a little bit of that in, in him as well, as far as just going out there and go, getting after it. But uh, those two guys, uh, Penny Hardaway uh, and Rick Stansberry, I have them at number four. Do you think they're in the top five or am I crazy? Am I, am I overhyping Penny Hardaway and Rick Stansberry? No, not at all. I, I probably wouldn't put them in my top five, but they would be definitely in that kind of top eight category. I actually mm. gave a look at Penny within my top five, but decided against it um, just because the guys I got on my list, I mean, they're just really hard to beat. But players do really want to go play for Penny Hardaway. Why would um, you not? Yeah, we talked I mean, about him maybe being the coach prime of college basketball. I think he's, he, I don't think he wants to be a caricature like that at all, but I mean, he could be if he wanted to be. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So that leads me to my number four. Yeah, please. And that's uh, Arkansas head coach Eric Musselman. Um, nice. If this guy has not contacted you, if you're in the transfer portal or one of his assistants hasn't reached out, then you must be doing something wrong. I mean, this dude contacts anyone and everyone that enters the portal. You could average four a game at a mid-major and he'll reach out. For what reason? I don't know. Maybe it's a marketing tactic. He probably knows more than me. Um, but this guy recruits everyone and he has a fresh roster every year. Obviously, NBA, you know, former NBA coach, he's, he understands that mindset and he kind of treats the transfer portal and recruiting kind of like free agency. You know, players cycle in and out of there like clockwork. He's bringing in eight, nine, ten. One year he brought in 11 newcomers. Uh, so it's insane to see kind of how many new guys he, he brings in and then guys that leave um, but even if you take a look at the class of 2022, you got three McDonald's All-Americans. Yeah. Smith, Anthony Black, Jordan Walsh, you know, even a guy like Trayvon Brazil, who came in, obviously was injured for a lot of last year. He was on mock draft boards before his injury. Um, and then you, you take a look at what he did this offseason. I think he got six transfers. L. Ellis from Louisville, um, Tremont Mark from Houston, even Khalif Battle from Temple all guys that are proven at this college level. And Tate, you and I know very well that staying old is, you know, the most ideal spot to be in for most teams in college basketball. And just on top of what he does, recruiting, it even stretches out to what he does on social media. You know, engaging yeah, exactly. fans. Like he's one of the my best, my favorite follows, hey, coaches-wise in the sport, just because he gets the fans excited for Arkansas basketball, something that, didn't really exist, not to at least this high of a level prior to him arriving in Fayetteville. So, you know, for me, at least my opinion, marketing and recruiting are two of the most important things in college basketball and must excels at both. Absolutely. And that leads me to my number three, which is Eric Musselman, the must bus. And it is a marketing machine. It is a, a presence. It is a character. It is a moment in time that Eric Musselman, he grabbed a hold of it. And he was one of the first coaches at a high level to use the transfer portal, to use transferring to improve his program. Obviously, you know, when he was at Nevada and you saw kind of his wheel spinning back then when he gets the Martin twins. Now look at them, right? I mean, he, he knows how to coach. He knows how to find players. He knows how to plug and play. And I think last 
last year with Nick Smith, he almost had too much talent in the building and he was trying to fit those pieces together. You know, Devo Davis, you know, but he needed to give Nick Smith minutes and things like that. So I think this year's team will probably be tougher than last year's team, even though they might not be more talented. And Brazil, he's a sleeper to be SEC player of the year if he stays healthy. I mean, he's incredible. We saw him at the Maui Invitational against Creighton. I thought he was, uh, I mean, Eric Musselman was very upset after that game. He he thought he got jobbed by the refs, but, you know, that's a separate conversation as well. But Musbus knows what he's doing. He knows how to promote. His son, Michael, was on staff. He's always working the phones, always, you know, checking on people, checking on things. I mean, that staff is plugged in. They know how to get guys to the next level. And also, Arkansas is a sleeping giant, right? I mean, that, that was a program that was ripe for someone to just, you know, just juice it again and, and let it let it run. And and they're already rolling. And those fans, they woo pig suey everywhere they go. I mean, they they are they're fired up for Eric Musselman basketball and they won a national championship. You know, that's the other part about him when what he's selling to these kids. He's selling the idea of going to win a title. And you can do that at Arkansas. So I think he has a lot to sell. I think he's doing a great job selling, and that's why he's number three on my list. So that 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 was a perfect piggyback into Eric Musselman. Who do you have at number three? So you're probably going to love this one, Tate, but I have John Shire. Mm. At oh, three. yeah, great pick. Um, <laughs> so we, we've now entered the blue blood portion of my list. Right. Um, and I know he's only been the head coach. This is his second season. But if you just take a look at his first ever class that he constructed, five, five stars. Let's just list them all quickly. Derek Lively, draft pick. Derek Whitehead, draft pick. And then, of course, he brings back Kyle Filipowski, Mark Mitchell, and Tyrese Proctor. All of them will probably go to the league after this year. Proctor could be a lottery pick. Kyle Filipowski, first rounder, maybe even Mitchell. Um, so kind of what he was able to do and even selling, uh, you know, kind of, um, you know, his pitch to them without even coaching a game yet um, was impressive. Of course, Duke is a program that, yes, it does recruit itself, uh, which, you know, it, it is Duke. You know, there's no argument there. Um, but then even this over this offseason, um, his freshman class, four more top 25 players, uh, Jared McCain, TJ Power, Sean Stewart, and Caleb Foster. And Coach Shire, he's kind of stayed away from the transfer portal. You know, he's kind of focused on, you know, mainly uh, primarily high school players, you know, traditioning, uh, tr uh, recruiting the traditional one and done type of player. And then, of course, trying to re retain them for their sophomore season and beyond through, of course, NIL, which has been, you know, I, you know, huge for this, just the sport as a whole. Um, you know, Duke is one of those schools that doesn't really offer many players. And when they do, they, you know, generally have a good shot at getting them, you know, one because it's Duke, but then also just, they just hand select a few guys that kind of match them. Um, and then even if you take a look at this 2024 recruiting class, they've already gotten two five stars. Uh, Isaiah Evans, guy that's from North Carolina, and then Con Knipple as well, who committed just less than a week ago. Um, mm -hmm. And oh, uh, can't forget Darren Harris, four-star sharpshooter, top 60 kid. So um, you throw in that, he's, you know, arguably, you know, one of the top recruiters. You know, he co comes in at number three, but then also can't remember, can't forget Cooper Flagg. Um, right. Obviously, the number one player in 2024. He's considering Duke. They're viewed as one of the teams to beat, if not the team to beat. So they'll probably have the number one recruiting class if they're able to land him. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's the inevitable, inevitable part about all this. If John Shire does get Cooper flag, I think he's going to have to be regarded as quote unquote, the best recruiter, right? Just based on the results. And you and I both and everybody that listens knows that Duke is Duke. Um, but I, I didn't think it would be as simple as plug and play. Right. And John Shire has been able to literally plug in and do exactly what coach K was doing. But that also, you know, 
points out the fact that he was doing a lot when he was an assistant coach at Duke, right? He kind of already knew, you know, how to pull the string, so to speak. And and he was ready to go when he hit the ground running. So um, I think it's a good pick. The worst part about John Shire for me, and, I, and I'll break the fourth wall for our fans here. He's a nice guy. You know what I mean? I, I wish he wasn't a nice guy. I wish he was a, I wish he was an asshole. I wish he was mean. I wish, you know, but he's a nice guy. So I don't wish him any ill will. I do respect the game and the game right now is Duke basketball. When it comes to recruiting, they, they have the pitch, they know what they're doing and they have the results, right? And Tatum, Zion, right? The list goes on and on and on. These guys just, they, they invoke something from these kids, you know, in AAU and they say, I want to go there. I want to play there. And like you said, when you get selected by Duke, you feel a sense of pride and therefore, boom, you're in, you're in the pipeline and, 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 and you're off to the races. So shout out to John Shire. He is not in my top five, but I do respect that uh, he is probably going to be number one if they do get Cooper flag. My number two is uh, old, reliable, old, faithful. The reason why he's number two uh, and not number one goes back to what you were saying. When, when another coach walks in the gym, am I scared of them? Um, I think there's one other guy I would be scared of outside of this guy, but this guy um, can throw the rings on the table. He is a guy who brings in DJ Wagner, you know, after his grandpa was hired at Louisville. I thought that was the last, like, you know, John Calipari is on the scene. So there you have it. My number two recruiter in the game is Coach Cow right now. I think he had the number one recruiting class last year. He consistently is able to sell Drake. I don't know how he does it. He's been doing it for a decade, but Drake continues to sell for him. Um, he even had Little Wayne this year. He's he knows how to hit the marks. He knows how to go on Sports Center to have his you know moment eight minute little segment where they you know Coach Cal comes to to Bristol. He knows how to play the game. The game still works. Cal's still playing it the right way, and uh, now he he can be bigger than ever if he wants to be. So Cal at number two for me. Uh, this this is officially the blue blood uh, portion of my uh, top five as well. So we've we've entered the threshold of the blue bloods. Calipari right there at number two. Yeah, I have the same Calipari number two for me as well. I don't Perfect. really have too much to add um, <laughs> at all, but I wanted to say a stat. Since 2009, since he became head coach, he's gotten 49 players drafted and 35 of them came from in the first round. So he's basically had the number one or number two outside of a couple, one or two years, the number one or number two recruiting class since he became head coach. That was well over a decade ago. Mm. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things like, you know, I communicate with these players, these high school players, sometimes even in the portal. Kentucky is one of those school, those few schools that you listen to no matter where you're at in the recruitment process. You could be three days away from committing to some random, you know, B Big Ten school. And if Coach Cal calls <laughs> you, then you take his call and you listen. And they, you don't take many others' calls, especially if you're close. Um, and he doesn't even have to really put the full court press on a lot of the players that he wants just because it's Kentucky. Like I said, similar to Duke, it recruits itself. And it's mm -hmm. also one of those schools that players dream about going to. It's, you know, oh, Coach Cal offered, well, sign me up. I don't even need to visit Lexington. I'm coming. Yeah, that's kind of how Dillingham was, right? I mean, there was a lot of people that thought Dillingham would maybe stay in North Carolina. Then he obviously, you know, went to Donda and moved all around. But, you know, NC State was a team that was in the mix. But as soon as Kentucky says, hey, we want this kid, it's a wrap. It's over with. He's going to go to Kentucky. So, I mean, that that is what Coach Cow. He still has that power, um, and it you know it's been happening since Marcus Camby. He's been he knows how to play the game. He knows how to recruit. That's probably his greatest attribute, right? When people like to knock Cal, that's what they like to say, right? He's just a good recruiter. Well, he is, and that's why he's number two on the list. Number one is the guy that I think 
everyone is scared of. Um, and every time I see anything about Cooper Flag, I see a gif of this guy underneath it. And I know Duke might be the favorite, and everyone thinks Cooper Flag is going to go to Duke. But I would watch out for my number one recruiter in the game of basketball, and he's probably the number one coach in basketball. It's simple. It's Bill Self. And uh, if Bill Self is healthy and Bill Self is recruiting and Bill Self is on the sideline, Kansas is the ultimate juggernaut in the sport. They could have won in 2020. We didn't have a tournament. They obviously win in 2022. They continue to win you know, with the NBA draft, with their ability to recruit in the transfer portal. They got the number one transfer in Hunter Dickinson. Bill Self, when he comes around and he walks in the gym, he's got a big hammer swing and he's ready to go. So uh, Bill Self's number one on my list. Yep, same here. Uh, Bill right. Self for me as well. Kansas is kind of one of those rare schools that has it all. You know, proven path to the NBA, very strong in IL, and arguably, like you said, the best coach in college basketball. It's like one of those things, what more could you want? They're and perfect. I, I, say, I say this as respectfully as possible, but Bill Self is a straight-up killer. I mean, what he's <laughs> able to do on the recruiting trail, come in late, grab guys, even a guy like that just, uh, they just landed a top 30 guard in 2024. 2024 mm -hmm. LeBaron and Phylon. He visited Kansas over the weekend. He was considering, you know, Cincinnati, Ole Miss, Alabama. He was previously committed to Auburn. He's originally from Mobile. And Kansas, to my knowledge, wasn't even really pressing for him. But they miss on another guy. And they're like, all right, well, LeBaron, come on. Come on to Lawrence. So it's, <laughs> Spots it's open, interesting yeah. how quickly he can just get things done. Mm. I love it. I love Bill Self. I love his pot belly. I love his attitude. I love the way he carries himself. And when he's healthy, like I said, I mean, last year he didn't even coach in the tournament. So who knows? Kansas had a lot of talent on that team. I mean, just look at the draft, right? I mean, Grady Dick, Jalen Wilson. I mean, there, there was a lot of guys on that team. And then Dewan Harris coming back, a guy who already led a team as a point guard to a national championship and one of the best passers, best vision in the game. So they have the pieces. Bill Self can get the players. And uh, I think that's a very fair list. I like that we were both had the same one and two. I feel like that's what everyone kind of comes to. Like, as you try to put this list together, you know, and we can go through our honorable mention now, I just wanted to shout out some of these coaches because they could be on any list. Mark Few could be on any list, right? Mark Few is one of those guys that consistently, I know Tommy Lloyd left. I know Tommy Lloyd was a part of the big, you know, international push with his guys, but Nimhart is a perfect example of Mark Few still has cachet in the space and can get someone to leave a Creighton and go to Gonzaga, which you would think that they're on the same level, but Gonzaga says, no, we're, the number one new blood. We got something going. Uh, John Shire, honorable mention, you had him on your list at number three. I think he could even be number one if he gets Cooper Flag. Dan Hurley, we mentioned. Matt Painter, we have to mention. Greg McDermott, we have to mention. Leonard Hamilton, we have to mention. Uh, you know, Dana Altman, Hubert Davis, Mike Woodson, Jawan Howard, Andy Infield, right? There's a lot of guys that could be in the conversation, but it, you know, it, it does fluctuate a little bit. I think the hottest recruiter right now is probably Dennis Gates, right? We should say that. We, we should give him the benefit of the doubt. And then there's also the the cloud of Bruce Pearl. How do we parse Bruce Pearl? Because he's he's another one like Nate Oates that's in that conversation. Oh, 100%. And Bruce is one of those guys that, that loves to recruit. Like, he loves mm -hmm. being out on the recruiting trail. A lot of these head coaches, I don't know what it is, but they like the, a lot of their assistants to do the work, which I get it. They're busy. The head coaches are busy. But BP, he's one of those guys that likes to be out front, and he's, he's a maniac. He wants yeah. he wants to be kind of spearheading a lot of his recruitments, and he's done a heck of a job as well. Um, and he's one of my, my honorable mentions as well. Probably my number one honorable mention, if if I had to say today, is Dennis Gates. I know we've touched on him before, but just what he's been able to do with this twenty twenty four class 
is remarkable. One guy that's on my honorable mentions list that it seems silly to even say his name as an honorable mention is Rick Pitino. Now, I know he (laughs) just got the job at St. John's. He's kind of been out of the high major um, landscape for a while. But I think, you know, give it a year, give it two, probably probably just one year. And he's going to be in the mix with some of those five-star caliber players. Even one that may may even hit a little bit too close to home for you, Tate, is Simeon Wilcher deciding Mm -hmm. no longer to go to North Carolina. He wanted to go play for Rick Bettino at St. John's. Maybe a little bit more playing time available for him right away. But when he committed to St. John's, Wiltshire did, he he became the highest ranked recruit in the modern recruiting era for the Johnnies. So um, I think Rick Bettino is kind of, if he's not the number one most feared coach, you know, maybe he needs to remind people once again who he is. But I think he is he's going to have some coaches um, shake a little bit when he starts walking into the gyms again. Um, so he's up there for me. Danny Hurley, guy we mentioned, obviously, mm-hmm. just his player development, obviously national title that leads to success on the recruiting trail um, also. And uh, you didn't include Hubert Davis, but I will for you. No, I I, I, I gave him a quick shout out. I, I, oh, I wanted you? to okay, pass I over. I, I just said it. I just said it quick. I said it under my breath. I said Hubert Davis. You know, I just kept moving <laughs> on. I, I don't want to. I don't want to flag it too much. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. So I know they struggled a bit last season, and it's right. a disappointing year. But just taking that apart out of it, they got arguably one of the the best point guard freshman point guards coming in in Elliott Cadeau this season. Hopefully, he's able to lead them to success this year. And then two top ten players committed in 2024 and Ian Jackson, and um, Tate remind me of it, Drake Powell. Drake Powell, so, yeah, number four you know, in the class. Yep, Exactly. So those are two, it's hard to beat two top 10 players in a class, so I had to give him a nod. He's done a good job as well. And then, um, like we mentioned, Penny Hardaway. Guys just want to flat out play for him. Um, number one, maybe because he's been hard, Penny Hardaway, but also <laughs> just the allure of, um, you know, who he was as a pro that's very encouraging, especially to the players, parents, Penny's kind of at the age now where, you know, these dudes, dads, you know, moms, even they watch Penny play and they're like, oh gosh, this guy's like, you know, amazing. So it's kind of like one of those guys that you kind of look up to and admire, um, which definitely, definitely helps with on the recruiting trail. Yeah, I love it. I love that Penny's getting his credit there. I love that he's an honorable mention. I think Rick Pitino for me probably should be in my top five if I'm, you know, really going with my heart there. The re- I put him there for politics. I didn't put him there for politics. I'm just like, you know, he's just back. He's fresh. I don't want to put the pressure on him. Um, but I do think that there is a splash that he can make. And if you're any coach that is trying to target the New York City area, to recruit players, I'd watch out because I think Rick Pitino is going to be, he's going to have eyes on everybody. I even think Ian Jackson, even though he's committed to Carolina, I wouldn't be shocked if Rick Pitino's got, you know, his people around him just trying to make sure he knows that he's welcome to stay home if he wants to, you know, it's an option for him. So uh, Rick Pitino will make a splash and he will be in our top five when we make this list in the future. I do like that. One last thing uh, before I let you go, I want to ask you about Kenny Payne, because when we made this list, we honorable mention when Kenny Payne was at Kentucky, he was one of those guys where it was a, a, an assistant coach that we knew their name because he was able to go get all these players. Obviously knew him as a player, but you know he was a big-time recruiter as an assistant coach. Gets the job at Louisville. The expectation is he's going to bring in five stars. He's going to be splashy. He hires Nolan Smith. He pays him a million dollars a year. He's supposed to be the, the top assistant for Louisville, and they don't get DJ Wagner. 
You know, they have the Trenton Flower situation. It just feels like it's one after the other. They have had some good transfers come in, um, but they've also had some talented players leave. What what is the Kenny Payne update? Like, what is going on? Is he recruiting well? Like, what what it, what does it look like for Kenny Payne? Well, he landed the, uh, several four-star guys last year, class of 2023. Right. Um, guys like Caleb Glenn, um, Curtis Williams. Of course, they brought in Trey White. Had a really good year at USC. Um, you know, Sky Clark from Illinois. So, yep. but I think in 2024, I think they have one commitment. I can't even remember his name off the top of my head. I think he's like a borderline top 150 player. They're strongly in the mix for a five-star guy, Carter Knox, the younger brother mm. of Kevin Knox, who KP recruited to Kentucky. Um, so they're strongly in the mix with him. Um, if they can land him, then that's, I think that might be the one that kind of flips this around, at least from the recruiting perspective. Um, because obviously it's, you know, it's a matter of time, you know, it's kind of, uh, it's not necessarily do or die for Louisville, but they really need, something needs to change. Obviously it starts with on court success and winning. And then that, that trickles down into the recruiting. But, um, like I mentioned, Carter Knox, he's also being heavily pursued by Kentucky, which of course, you know, no surprise there. (laughs) So, you know, we'll see, but, uh, it's kind of just a wait and see game right now. Yeah, that is a fascinating situation because, you know, everyone was so excited when he got hired about the idea of him dominating on the recruiting trail and going up against Cal. And it was going to be this big rivalry, big showdown. So far, it's been advantage Cal the entire time. So uh, we'll, we'll just leave that there with Louisville. Another name I wanted to quickly throw out, Jerome Tang. I feel like Jerome Tang, he might not be getting the flashy four-star, five-star guys, but Jerome Tang is working in the transfer portal. He's able to get some players there at Kansas State, and I think they're going to be in the mix in the future. I know we hadn't mentioned him as well, so we'll, we'll throw that name out. Uh, Joe Tipton, thanks so much for coming um, and joining us on OSP and doing these rankings. We'll have you back. We'll do some more fun stuff like this. Where can we find all your amazing work for everybody out there that's trying to keep up with uh, with all the recruiting news that continues to spiral out the entire year? Yeah, I'm doing my best to keep up with it as best I can. You can find my work on on3.com or my Twitter and Instagram. I guess we call it X now, but at <laughs> yeah, Tipton right. Edits. Perfect. There you go. Joe Tipton, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. Absolutely, man. Anytime. Appreciate you. There you have it. Joe Tipton, Tipton Edits. What a guy. Uh, I love making lists that are pretty you know, inconsequential. Um, so we got Joe Tipton on, and I feel like there's so much recruiting news that I cannot imagine that being my beat. You know, college basketball, poor Kyle has to go on Google and type in college basketball and go to the news tab and just scroll and scroll and scroll to page five, maybe even page 11, um, to find some good quality news about college basketball. But recruiting news is happening 24-7. It's hard to keep up with. So Joe Tipton, he was great to come on and break that all down. But uh, now we get, you know, we get to the fun part of the show. We get to do shout outs. And the first shout out is it is officially official practice season. That is correct. If you're keeping up with your college basketball team of choice, then right now you know what's happening. It is the first day of practice. Guys are diving on the floor. The balls are fresh. Uh, Everyone has put on 15 pounds of muscle. Everyone is fired up about their national championship run. It is all good vibes. Everyone believes in their team. Everyone's looking at the paper of their roster and they're saying, I like us. I I like our guys. Now, secret scrimmages are right around the corner. Now, as soon as secret scrimmages start, Things go stuff. a little, a little <laughs> yeah, a little bit sideways, right? You you maybe learn your roster is not as tight as you thought it was. Um, you know, guys aren't making shots like they're supposed to make shots like they did in practice when they were wide open. So you get a little frustrated, but it is officially 
first practice season. Kyle, did you see any? Uh, did you see any of the first practice footage from anyone? Did they stand out to you? Did you? See I mean, any? dude, I wasn't. Yeah. Even, I wasn't even clicking the links <laughs> because I mean, there there was so much first practice stuff. By the way, I went through like twelve pages. Still not mm. the latest episode of One Shining Podcast. So maybe that was a, an anomaly that last Whoa. episode we were on page like three or five or something. We are low because there's Jesus. all the there's all the schedules dropped, right? This, oh, so, God. You know, schedules dropped and it's always like, you know, the Auburn Observer or the, you know, the New Jersey whatever uh, for their own teams. And then it's for and then it's everyone got it has a quote about, you know. You know, Clemson guard excited for the first day of practice to start. So that's just that's what that's what's flooded Google. Um, so it, it was it was hard to find stuff. But yeah, I'm not clicking on any of these. Who's excited for practice? Unless it was nobody. Ripetino. Yeah, nobody's excited for practice. We are excited about two things from practice, though. One, Eric Musselman gave out ice cream after the first day of practice, which is a very uh, Doug Peterson, Philadelphia Eagles move <laughs> when they won the Super Bowl. So I don't know um, if anyone, any of the, the betters out there, they want to buy into the hype of the ice cream with Eric Musselman in Arkansas and then winning the national championship. They did that after the first day, and they're also going to play Duke at home, and that game is going to be uh, November 29th at 8.15, so that came out as well. So good news for the must-bus fans out there. So their first day of practice was great. Also, Georgia Tech. We talked about uh, uh, Georgia Tech and you know just about Damon Stoudemire and, and something that they're building there, but they had the Warriors come to practice, Kyle. Um, so we talked about maybe who could be Coach Prime. Damon Stoudemire said, I'll bring the Golden State Warriors. I think Steph Curry was running Sand Hill somewhere else uh, in Dubai, but everyone else from the Warriors was there at practice. So uh, shout out to Georgia Tech. Shout out to Arkansas. They had good days of practice, um, first days of practice. And also, we got the schedules dropping. I don't really want to run through schedules. I always find that hilarious, you know, because... Again, you have this outlook first day of practice. You look at the schedule, Kyle, and you say to yourself, I don't see a loss here. You know what I mean? You, you flip the page. You flip <laughs> the page in January. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You flip the page of January and you're like, maybe you see one loss, but that, that's just if you had an off night. But otherwise, all you see is W's and you see a path to the 76 Hoosiers winning a national championship undefeated. So, um, I don't want to go through schedules, but shout out to all the schedule makers. <laughs> it looked like uh, you guys did a great job. You had a great drop. Um, you did pull headlines, right, Kyle? Do you, can we start there? Can we can yeah. we get our first headline from you? What 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 is Google saying about college basketball? Okay, shout out to I think this one's pretty big. Shout out to um, Kentucky Wildcats section of uh, Sports Illustrated for saying Kentucky basketball partners with Drake's apparel brand OVO, which mm. we, which wasn't really uh, the most honest headline because while they did, it wasn't just like Drake, Drake picked Kentucky because who else is on this list is also Alabama, North Carolina, Memphis. In Texas, so Drake yeah. just just scooping up all the big money fan bases, um, but that's cool. So are you gonna get some OVO, uh, maybe some Memphis gear? Oh you know, man, I'm not I'm not a hype beast like that, but I also I'm down to get OVO you know gear sent to me, right? Like I, I'm not a, <laughs> like if if they send it, I'll wear it. You know what I mean? Like I'm not gonna go seek out the OVO gear to buy, to buy it, but I will say that Drake, um, being a Jordan guy and a Nike guy, he has done a lot. You know what I mean for North like he supports the North Carolina brand and the popular culture. You know, Jumpman, right? Yeah, Great yeah. song, obviously. You know that was basically just the song for you know, Jordan brand. That was yeah. just a company song. So, I mean, yeah, yeah he, that so shout out to OVO. And we talked about it with uh, Kyle Mann about the battle of the brands, right? We talked about Drake has 15 different, you know, kind of umbrellas Offshoots, of brands, yeah. Nocta, whatever it is. So I like that not only is Nocta in college basketball, so is OVO. 
So he has two competing brands, I guess, or maybe they're they're all rowing in the same direction. I don't know, but OVO, I like it. It's uh, like the closed give- loop system for <laughs> Always Sunny. With like, well, when they compete with each other, and then they spend <laughs> the Patty's bucks, and then we- <laughs> so that's nice. He's Drake's just making money at the top, and it also kind of got me to the point, Kyle, where I think you know we, we we're gonna put our characters list together together, um, you know, as we do the preseason stuff. But I'm trying to figure out who the main character of college basketball is. I think de facto is Rick Pitino. In case you know, if we can't find someone else, it's Rick Pitino. Sure, maybe Zach Eadie's in that conversation. He's dealing with concussions right now, but Drake is definitely part of the conversation, right? I mean, 2019 Drake. He did come out with a single called God's Plan, and Virginia used it to go win a national championship. People do forget this. So, Drake, I mean, remember when he went in warm-ups for late night and airballed a three-pointer, right, <laughs> where he took a step, and then he was in the film room. It became a meme. Like, Drake is a part of college basketball culture, whether he likes it or not, and uh, I think he's in the running to be the main character of college basketball, but that's a separate conversation. Love to see OVOs involved there. What, what was Memphis, Texas, Carolina, Kentucky? Those were the teams. Alabama and Alabama. and Alabama. So there you go. Bad guys right there. Yes. B-A-G is guys. there any so more mo- making is it there happen. a group with more money? Probably not. Yeah, <laughs> right. That That is an apex right there of uh, of college brands. So we love to see that. I want to shout out Hubie Brown. Hubie Brown is 90. Um, his birthday was the other day, a couple days ago. He's still calling games for ESPN. And uh, Hubie Brown is literally the Chuck Taylor of this generation. I've said it before. I'll say it again. He's the greatest clinician in basketball. He is a legend. He is an icon. He's a great commentator. He is hilarious in general. And when I had to interview him a few times for this five-star thing, the guy would just call me and tell me stories for an hour and a half, and I would just sit there and record them. And uh, sometimes I go back and listen because Hubie Brown was just dropping gems about recruiting back in the day and how the the brands work and all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, this guy is an icon. He's the best. So shout out to Hubie Brown. 90th birthday, still calling games, defying father time. People want to talk about LeBron defying father time. I want to talk about Hubie Brown defying father time. So there you go. Kyle, any more headlines? That you have on the board there? Yeah, shout out to Bronny James. Uh, he missed the first nice. USC practice, but, you know, it's practice week. It's like syllabus week, right? Nobody's batting an eyelash, but yeah. doing extremely well, quote, unquote, after the cardiac arrest. So the coach is out saying, hey, like, he's he's super, everyone's super optimistic. I think this is looking a lot better than what it, you know, shocked the world, like, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, prayers out to Bronny, but by uh, all accounts, according to my sources, Bronny is planning to be one and done, and Bronny is, um, by all accounts, healthy. I mean, they, they think that this is a, just kind of like a one-off incident. This is not something that's going to be recurring. Um, it's not something that is you know worrisome in the future. So in general, the Bronny news is good news if you're a USC fan because you're going to get the Bronny experience hopefully this season. And uh, I was worried that was going to, you know, that that was going to be in question for quite some time. In fact, you know, right after it happened, there was conversations about maybe he stays in college for a couple years, so you know he can kind of sit out this year and kind of work himself back. But it sounds like, uh, you know, all signs are a go on Bronny, and he's already selling uh, USC gear on Nike.com as we talked about him and Caitlin Clark. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. he's. The guy is branding himself and he's making money for Nike. So uh, it's good news. We love to see that. Um, Let's keep it rolling here, Kyle. Any more headlines you have? I mean, what else is happening? Just one last one. This one maybe should have been number one, if I'm understanding Mm. it correctly. So this is from the AP. You can really trust these guys. NCAA announces details and broadcast plans for inaugural women's basketball invitation tournament. So is that is that basically saying there's was there not a women's NIT before this? Because I know there was a women's tournament, but. What is what is what are we talking about here? 
I don't know what we're talking about here. I kind of blacked out as you were saying that they they they're going to start their own tournament. Um, like that is a, a separate. Is it a is it a competitor to the NCAA tournament? Is that what it's no? Saying, I, think is this, it, I think this is an, this is the an NIT. Thing? No, so this, this is, is ESPN now. ESPN's getting oh in my on god, this, and this is a women's oh tournament. Oh my god, it goes all the way to the top. <laughs> I just always assume there was already a women's versus of the NIT. And if there is, then this is going to really screw them over. I think I think it definitely is going to screw them over. And it definitely is a women's NIT, just like there's a men's NIT. Right. And okay. what, why are we attacking <laughs> the NIT? That's the biggest question. Like, what is going on? What what big group um, is trying to tear down the NIT? I don't understand it. I really don't. It's ridiculous. I mean, Texas Tech. Uh, or no, Kansas won the uh, the NIT, the women's NIT last year. So I mean, it's it's live and popping, Kyle. This is ridiculous. Should should I be upset? I mean, that's that's what you're telling me. I got to be upset. I don't know. I I I did not know this was happening. So this is I being called the, the WBIT <laughs> by by people uh, by uh, President of Women's Basketball Lynn Holzman. She said, in addition, the addition of the 32 additional postseason opportunities provided by the WBIT is a landmark moment for the game. I hate the name. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't like the name. I mean, when I hear WB, I immediately think of the frog. You know what I mean? Like saying welcome to the WB. That's exactly that, that does not make me think I'm gonna watch some good women's basketball. Um and if I yeah, I'm out. So done. We're done with that. That was the last headline. There you go. I mean that that's that's where we are right now, folks. The preseason is right around the corner. It's first official practice time. Um, I have a shout out quickly for David Thompson, the Skywalker. NC State is building a statue outside of Reynolds Coliseum in honor of uh, David Skywalker Thompson. And, uh, you know, if you don't know David Thompson, look, he played in the 70s. He beat John Wooden in the national championship game and stopped UCLA from having their dynastic run. He was the one blip and an otherwise bomb of UCLA basketball titles under John Wooden. So he's a legend. Um, he also is an ABA legend. He also was the guy who gave Michael Jordan his Hall of Fame speech. You know, when you pick someone that, you're, that was important to your career, Michael Jordan said he based his game around uh, David Thompson and obviously Dr. J. So the fact they're building a statue, Kyle, I'm a big statue guy. I, I respect when colleges build statues. Even the Lakers, I respect that they build statues for their players here. So uh, David Thompson getting a statue, I really love to see that. Um, so we love that. Good news. We get, we got a new statue um, Kyle, you're going right on a you're going to a Rosillo live show, right? Correct. Can you tell the people what's happening and, and get everyone up to speed? Yeah, Oxford, Mississippi, if you're around <laughs> and uh and one of the people that live there, because I know you're not staying in a hotel there because it wasn't an option for us. Um, but yeah, Oxford, Mississippi for the LSU Ole Miss game. Uh that show is gonna be Friday afternoon. Get a little day drinking going on. Wow. Um, so yeah, that'll be good. It turns out Mississippi is uh Certain parts of Mississippi are almost impossible to get to, so I'll be staying around uh, Chris Vernon's neck of the woods in Memphis, and just do a hop, skip, and a ninety-minute drive through <laughs> to Oxford. Just a, just but, a quick uh, hour and a half drive, no big deal. Yeah, it happens. We, you know, people like the in the Midwest and the South, people will drive an hour, hour and a half, two hours, no problem. You know what I mean? They they don't. That's see a long any. conversation, right? That's all. <laughs> It's a long conversation. Hopefully you can see Chris Vernon uh, when you're in Memphis. Also, uh, are you traveling solo? Like, is Rosillo going to do his own thing? Or are you guys going to be in the car together for the drive? Is, is that going to be you, him, and Saruti? I think I think Ryan is the only guy who magically found uh, accommodations in or just outside of Oxford. But oh yeah, the gosh. rest of the gang, the you know, the 
the the wage workers will be uh, we'll, we'll be we'll all be in Memphis. We'll be sitting in a van on the way over there. But oh my um, gosh, that's, that's good. You know, as a guy who went to SUNY Potsdam, small state school, um, I you know haven't really seen. I've heard Oxford is is one of a kind thing. I've really only been to like Syracuse and Penn State, I believe, uh, mm. of colleges of note. Besides our uh, our trips that we took uh, in like you know. 2019. So I'm looking forward to it. I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, I mean, I'm going to the South, right? Or is this the Midwest? What are we talking about? Yeah, you're going to the, the South, buddy. No, you're going to the South. You're, you're yeah. going to Oxford, Mississippi. You're, you're about you're about to go to MI, okay. Crooked Letter, Crooked Letter I. Yeah, I mean, you're about to go to like a, a whole different world. But also, Oxford, Mississippi is a really cool college town. I've been there one time. It has a very like... Uh, um, debonair kind of vibe to it. Like they, they feel like they have tried to recreate Rodeo drive, like in Oxford, Mississippi. I don't know how else to explain it, but it, <laughs> okay. it like, you know, but then the football experience is awesome. Tailgating is awesome. So you're going to, you're going to have a great time. I, I would, uh, I would suggest, uh, you know, you just get ready. Don't, you know, don't drink too much too early pace yourself. It's a long day. It's going to be a 12 hour experience for that game. Is Van Lathan going? Is Van oh, I'm not getting to go to the game. Yes. What? Van is the special guest. I'm not going to the game, by the way. They want me home. They're not paying for a Saturday night stay, so I'm leaving Saturday morning <laughs> at 6 a.m. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, things change, but they don't fully change, right? <laughs> so, no, you, so, you yeah, should have gone. Be, you should have gone up to Saturday game. morning. All right. Well, wheels up Saturday morning. You got to get back to help me uh, do our show with Cousin Sal on Monday night, I guess. And we'll do OSP. We'll do a Manic Monday with Kyle Mann. Uh, quickly, I forgot to mention this because this is not an NBA show. Dame Lillard is going to play with Giannis Antetokounmpo. And if you're fascinated by that combination, I know I am. Um, I think this is an incredible move. I can't believe that Milwaukee was able to figure this out. But it sounds like once Giannis said he would leave, they said, Watch this. And uh, they made it happen. Dame said he wanted to play with Giannis. Giannis said he wanted to play with Dame. They complement each other. They make a lot of sense if they can stay healthy with Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis. My God, what a great team. Um, if you want to talk NBA, I will be talking to Kevin O'Connor on Through the Ringer. That'll be out on Friday. And we are talking about Dame Lillard. We're talking about Giannis Antetokounmpo. And we're talking about the fact that the Bucks should be the favorite to win the East, officially. So... If you're an NBA fan, go check that out. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll have a great conversation. Myself, Kevin O'Connor. First time I've, t I've talked to him on the air in quite some time because it is football season. Um, yeah, that's all I got, Kyle. Uh, I hope you have a great trip. I hope you enjoy Memphis. I hope you can see Chris Vernon. I hope Rosillo has a great live show. I hope Van is funny and I hope LSU wins, right? I mean, I think for Van's sake, it would be fun if LSU won. I, I like when Brian Kelly is at least in the mix, kind of looming you know, trying to threaten to make the playoffs, even though they already lost this year. But uh, that'll be fun. Um, Kyle, anything else before we get out of here? That's it. Going to start ironing my clothes and packing my bags. <laughs> get ready. Bring some khakis. I think you're going to need some khakis, maybe some loafers. Oh, yeah? You know Is that I mean? the move? That's the vibe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a button down. You know what I mean? That, that, that's that's what you're going to be walking down, into. Huh? Which, yeah, it'll be okay. nice. I was thinking flannel. Nice. So, no, it's it's classier than that. No, it's it's button down vibes for sure. Flannel would be like if you, you went think to Tommy like, Bahama uh, would that throw people off? I think Tommy Bahama could fly, but you know, I, I think if you want to, it depends. Do you want to stand out or do you want to just melt in? You know, sometimes it's fine to stand out; you feel fine. Sometimes you're just like, I don't want to be bothered by anybody. Let me melt in. So if you if you just wear like a polo button down, you'll be up. I don't like the way they make my belly look. I think I'll go with a mild. I'll go with a mild Tommy. <laughs> yeah, mild Tommy. Tone down, Tommy. muted Tommy. <laughs> No, no matter how, um, you know, big or like, you know, whatever it is, you know, like I, I'm I've put on some pounds these days, you know, what I mean, no matter how big you are, 
a Tommy Bahama shirt is flattering. I don't know how to explain it. It's always there it. for you. <laughs> it's always like it's always breezy, flowy. You can never really tell the body shape. You know what I mean? Like that's why all cool old guys are just like this is like you know Jimmy Buffett. He's like this is the fit. This is what we need. You <laughs> Nobody knows how much money I make. Not. It could be a right. lot. It could be none. I could right. Like it could be a, right. a copious amounts of debt. But you got the Tommy on. You're just you're just a walking enigma. You're just a walking uh, poster sign for everyone to know that you get it and uh, you're a good guy. <laughs> and this is not a. Uh, this is not a this is not a Tommy Bahama podcast, but we will support the brand when we see it. Um, shout out to the Maui Invitational. Going to miss it this year, not not being in Maui. Um, so, uh, just pour one out there again. This is one shining podcast. Kyle's going to have a great trip. He'll come back and he'll recap it. We'll have Kyle Mann on the show on Monday. We are getting close to all of the preseason coverage. I can't wait. Can't wait to talk about all these teams. There's a lot of good games coming up. It's going to be fun. This is one shining podcast, and again, we'll see you on Monday. Yeah.